Life Hey Her ladies, podcast. as you know, African American women are making history. We got Miss South Africa who just won Miss Universe. Then we have Jamaica who just won Miss World. So right here on Life Her Podcast, we have Miss USOA, Miss Ohio. Yes, yes, honey. Let's get motivated, ladies. Yvette Lloyd. I am your host and we are here with Life Her Podcast and we also have the beautiful Miss USOA, Miss Ohio, Cynthia Barras Martin. Hi Cynthia. Hi, so happy to be here. (laughs) I am really excited about this because girl we do not see Miss USA's in person (laughs) at all anymore. So this is really huge, it's very important, it's extremely empowering Mm -hmm. because you know we get women representing these That's days. Right. Women is <laughs> they, they coming they come from everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are really, really taking over. And it's it's exciting. Mm-hmm. It really is. So we just gonna get down to business. Okay. <laughs> because you did not become Miss USA of Ohio overnight. Correct. So how were you as Cynthia as a little girl? So Cynthia as a little girl was shy. You know, very, very shy, um, not really, she didn't really know who she was. And it it comes from a place of being adopted, Mm -hmm. which some people know, you know, a little bit of my journey. But when you're adopted, you, and then you find out that you're adopted. So you think you have some parents, you know, who are your parents that birthed you. But then Mm -hmm. you find out that you have real parents and that you have, brothers and sisters and you thought you were an only child Mm -hmm. that changes things and so growing up as a kid you know I really I started out happy you know thought I could conquer the world and then all of a sudden between probably about seven and nine I found that I was adopted and that's when things changed Wow! and I became this person who was you know more quiet more reserved trust issues um thought everyone was lying to me um and up until probably I was a teenager late teens actually I struggled you know I struggled with who I was as a young lady Mm -hmm. um and especially because my adoptive mom was white so you know I don't they didn't really call it bullying when I was growing up it was just you know people had comments kids made fun of you know of my mom being white and then my, my dad being really, really dark skin, and then I'm brown skin. And so people wanted to know, you know, how come you're not mixed? Mm-hmm. And I didn't have an answer. I didn't know. And so my childhood, I had emotions all over the place. And like I said, even up until my late teens, I was still struggling. Probably even into my early 20s in college, I was still struggling. Wow. <laughs> so I know it had to be like some form of a struggle for you so much. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have like children make a fun of you all the time? I wouldn't say you, all or... the time, but in school, there was times I didn't want to go to school wow. because people had, and I don't want to say people, but kids, you know, kids will be kids. They, it, it seemed like it always came up. Mm-hmm. It seemed like it was always a topic of conversation, especially when there were parent-teacher conferences. Um, you know, anytime parents had to come to the school, I would dread being there. And it just made me feel like, um, you know, like I wasn't wanted. 
it was it made me feel like um, I was invisible. Um, I, I didn't like being laughed at, and so I kind of just shrunk. And from going to be a happy little girl to a little girl now who is scared of everything and thinks the world is against her, that's a problem, especially if you're if this child is carrying that for years and years and years and that was me wow so let's go back to you being adopted so have you ever found your biological parents yes so me and my biological mom we have a good relationship today there was a period though um, where we did not and it wasn't until I believe I was in college when she would write me letters and like I would hear her name a lot and they would talk about her, but we really didn't have a relationship. When I got to college is when she wrote me like several letters mm-hmm. and just reach, reaching out to me and wanting to know um, more about me. Right. And I was always curious, right? but I never wanted to hurt my adoptive parents, if that makes sense. Yes. So I never, I never would entertain the idea of reaching out to her before she stopped. like I would write letters to her, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't send them. Right. So I had like all these letters I would write, like you know, with questions, like you know, why did you give me away? You know, did you not want me? Did you not love me? Things like that, and then I would just hide them. Oh. And so, but it was it was trying it was helping me to kind of get my feelings out on paper. Yes. Um, and then when she reached out to me in college, I was like, okay, you know, I'm older now, and I do want to hear what she has to say yeah like why exactly so what, that was the scariest the moment of my life is <laughs> is is not really confronting her but hearing her out yeah. and this was all via like letters at the time this and was, then you have yeah. to gain understanding too uh, exactly and, and forgive and forgive that's the key that's a big one Yes. It took me a long time to forgive. You know, I held on to, even with my adoptive parents, I held on to anger for years, many years. Right. Um, and that's just because I didn't really know how to forgive. I didn't, you know, we didn't have counselors you know, back then. It wasn't, a, yeah. they weren't sending the kids to counselors. And so um, I, I didn't know, I didn't understand the process. But when I heard her story and she talked about, you know, how, um, you know, she was pregnant with me, and my father, my bio- biological father, was abusive to her. Mm. Again, this is her story. Right. Um, and, you know, how she wanted to basically protect me. And so she actually put me in the children's home. Wow. I was in the Akron children's home. And um, my, biologicals, my biological father's father... Um, actually came and got me out of the children's home. So now at this time he was with another woman. It it's a long long story, but to sum it up, my biological father, my biological dad's dad mm-hmm. and his girlfriend so to speak came and got me out the children's home. So the mom and dad I knew was a white woman and the the black dad who I didn't even know was my grandfather. Wow. So there were so many lies so that whole time you did not know it was your grandfather exactly so there were so many things you know um so many things that i say a lot of black families and i can't speak for white families but so many black families sweep things under the rug 
you know, yeah. all of these things that's going on in, you know, what stays in this house, you know, what yeah. goes on in this house stays in this house. Don't, exactly. And yes. so to find out, and I, I found out probably when I was around, I don't know, maybe a preteen, teen, that he was my grandfather, but we never talked about it. We, it was never talked about. It's like, you know, let's keep it moving. Exactly. So, yeah, you have a mom and a dad over here, brothers and sisters over here, but we ain't talking about that. Wow. <laughs> keep it moving. This is our little family with the three of us, and it's going to stay that way. But when she told me, my mom told me that, you know, my biological father was, you know, was abusive, and they were going through their own issues back then. She felt that it was the best thing for her to do with me. I was her last child. There's four of us by her and him. The best thing for her at the time was to place me in the children's home. And that's when my grandfather was like, no, you know, we, we can't let her grow up in the system. And so they came and got me. So, girl, talk about forgiveness. I mean, there yes. were so many people that I had to learn to forgive. It's cra- It was crazy. Yeah, it was. It was crazy. And that's a lot. So what about your siblings? <laughs> so there, like I said, there's four of us. But then my father, God rest his soul, because he, he passed away a year ago. And so... Unfortunately, I never got the opportunity to hear his story. Oh, okay. And so, um, but I do know that I have other brothers and sisters by him, by other women. Okay. Yes. And so, um, we're not close. I think I'm, I'm probably close to my my brother and my sister, one of my brothers and one of my sisters who was by, by my mom and my dad. Okay. And then the other halves, I'm not really close close with them, but... We, okay. we know of each other. We've talked for several years, but we're just not close. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of understandable, too. It's like everybody just went their separate they ways. They just went their separate ways. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's a huge void it in is. the communities today Yes, as well. It seems like it's probably a lot worse today. It is today. Today, I'm more concerned about, you know, cousins marrying and... and yeah. <laughs> Yes, and not knowing, yeah, and, and you just don't know. <laughs> you just don't know. So, as far as you growing up and everything, how did you end up building your relationship with your mother over the years? So, over the years, so she reached out to me, you know, when I was in college via a letter, and we wrote letters back and forth. Okay. And then when I graduated college, um, you know, I called her up and said, hey, let's let's go to lunch. And so we went out to lunch and then that one lunch turned into two and three and we just slowly built the relationship. But I knew that I had to let my guard down and I knew that I had to forgive her. But early on, I wasn't ready. And so I would say it took me years to forgive her completely and totally let it go. Yeah. Um, and that just once I once I did that, it just seems like our relationship then started to blossom. And now it's funny because when I'm called to judge a beauty pageant, mm-hmm. I'll call her sometimes and say, "Hey, do you want to come judge with me? They need another judge." Oh, wow. And so now we're we're good. Yeah, That's good. but it was a process. Oh yeah, it's definitely a process. <laughs> so how did you end up managing as far as your well, your foster parents slash grandparents. grandparents, (laughs) So how did you deal with that as far as communicating with them and trying to get everything back together? It was hard. It was difficult because I knew that my adoptive mom slash grandma, um, who was actually like my second grandma because I had a, my real grandma and that's a whole nother story who wanted me, but then didn't get me. And so, um, I never wanted to break her heart 
And so I knew that she loved me unconditionally, you know, no matter what. And I saw that the relationship that I was building with my biological mother, I, I saw some of what it was doing to my adoptive mom. Yeah. She started to feel a certain type of way, thinking that I was going to um, just kind of push her yeah, to the wayside. Like, about her. like, I don't need you anymore or whatever. And so, you know, I told her, I'm like, hey, you know, I always knew as a child there was something different about me, but I didn't know what it was. Like, I never even really saw color as a child until it was pointed out to me at school. Like, okay. she's white, you know, you know you're know, you brown and he's dark-skinned. Like, I, that really wasn't a topic. It never really came up. Right. Um. So, to now have to go to my, my adoptive mom and say, hey, you know, I always knew there was something different, but I didn't know what. So, I mm -hmm. knew there, there was something I, I was kind of like on a quest or on a journey to find something but I never in a million years would have thought it would have been that. Right. And so to tell her, like, you know, I want to build this relationship with my mother. You know, I want to be closer to her. And I want to know, you know, everything about her. You know, I want to know her favorite color. I want to know, you know, what mm -hmm. food she liked. Because I want to know where I came from. Yeah. And then you have to understand your personal personalities and see if they come from exactly your mom or did it come from your dad. Exactly. It's just like everything you just you didn't know and you're trying to find it all out exactly to find you exactly and she understood you know she was just like I'm, I'm scared because I don't want to lose you and I just reassured her like you're not going to lose me but this is something I have to do for me like I don't feel like I will ever be whole and complete as a young woman mm -hmm. if I don't do this yes yeah that's really good <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that you um was big enough to actually just have that conversation with her because conversation overall. Oh, yeah. Because conversations aren't being publicized nope. as though that is so important. No, they're not. And with everyone just communicating with each other, you can get out so much. You so can start much. understanding mm -hmm. a lot. And you'd be like, man, I was worried about this so much, mm -hmm. but I didn't even know it was just that. That's you so know, true. it could just be something so something simple, so simple yeah. or even something so big, mm -hmm. but you could bring it down to something simple. That's very true. Very and that's, true. And that's good that you were opening your conversations and everything. So with you going to college, what did you graduate in? <laughs> so I majored in, it's funny because I started out majoring in business and mm -hmm. then my grandfather was just like, no, you need to major in computer science. And I'm like, no, I don't really love that stuff. I want to be, you know, I want to be the boss. I want to be a manager. I want to do this and that. And so I started out in business and then I ended up switching my majors um, my first year, probably uh -huh. like my second quarter when it wasn't too late to switch. Uh -huh. And so I, I picked up um, computer science as my major and then I minored in business. Okay. And so my bachelor's degree is in um, computer science and then my specialization is in business. Okay. Mm -hmm. like, let's dip in both. Exactly. <laughs> Like, okay, that's good. <laughs> and he was right. You know, I had no no idea, you know, thinking back and looking at where I am now, I had no idea that IT mm -hmm. would be would have blown up. Wow. So he was right. God rest his soul because he passed away about 10 years ago. But, yeah, he was right. Oh, wow. Computers is where, is where it's at. <laughs> that's good. So how was it in college life? College life was fun, but I'm going to tell you, I was homesick. Were like, you? I think we ran up the phone bill. It was like $300. Like every month, we were because I was so 
homesick because I had never been away from home. Um, you know, besides, you know, spending the night at, you know, people's house, but mm -hmm. for a long period of time, I had never been away from home. So I was like, okay, yeah, I went to Kentucky State, which is about okay. five hours away. Yes. <laughs> and, um, you know, historically black, black school, which was, which was fun. And I learned a lot and met a lot of people, but I was, I was, I, the first two years I was ready to come home. Right. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm coming, I'm going to Akron U, and you know, I'm just going to major in something else. And they were like, No, you are not coming home. You, you cannot come right home. <laughs> you gonna stay right so there. So are you happy you stay? I am happy I stay. <laughs> I am. I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm happy I stay. <laughs> That's good because you get to meet a lot of people from I everywhere. I did, even though you could have gotten that. That's true. At Kent and Akron U too, <laughs> but it's just the experience alone being yes. away. Yes, and that's something that I missed. Mm -hmm. My mom like, no, you need to stay, stay here, here with yeah. your mom. And I was like, mom, and that would have been me. To go away. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. I'm staying. <laughs> so we really had the opposite. Right, the opposite. <laughs> yes, and that and that's just how I was feeling. Well, you know, when you're 18 years old, actually before 18, when I was 17, I'm like, I cannot wait to get out of here. I cannot wait to be on my own. And I'm mm -hmm. saying all of these things, and then when it happened, I'm like, I want to go home. <laughs> So I was in the NAACP, which is just, you know, I never really thought that I would be like in something so like prestigious, uh -huh. but one day they, you know, they had a campus um, meeting, um, like an informational meeting. And so I had got involved in that. They had um, like the computer science club got involved in that. And then I always knew I wanted to pledge in a sorority. Okay. So going in, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to pledge in the sorority. And I, you know, I had some family members who were Deltas and so I want to be a Delta, but I was approached by, you know, other sororities. And I'm like, no, I want to be a Delta. I didn't know at the time you were supposed to go uh -huh. and just start blabbing off what you want uh -huh. to be. And so, um, I had went to informational meetings for other sororities just to see where you yeah just go. to see and then when it got back to you know my sorority sisters now i am a delta but it got back to them at the time like well we heard that you were at you know sigma gamma rose and we heard that you were at you know zetas and i'm like is that a issue like yeah, i'm not supposed so to be doing that i'm trying to wave my eyes uh, yeah, that's what i thought yeah. but and it wasn't a big deal but people talk and yeah, so yeah, they're they thinking that are you serious you know did you really want to be ours or you know were you really but i just to see what other people were doing and mm -hmm. you know um what their community service you know options were and so but i am happy that i pledged delta sigma theta sorority okay. incorporated that's good i'm happy for you <laughs> that's such a blessing so how how was your love life after you graduated did you get married did you so have a boyfriend through college so i had a boyfriend on and off through college and i thought he was the love of my life child i thought we was gonna just ride off into the sunset <laughs> But he ended up, we dated on and off for four years in college, and then he ended up breaking my heart. Like, Aww. we graduated, and he broke my heart right after graduation. So I'm thinking that, you know, we're going to just move and go to the next level, and he was on something totally different. Wow. And so, yeah, he ended up breaking my heart, and I probably was, like, depressed for <laughs> about six months. Really? Oh, yeah, because I thought that we were, you know, on the same page, and then to find out that we're not, and that the way he broke my heart was through an email with a, I'll never forget, Donnell Jones was is a singer, and the mm -hmm. song was 
where I want to be. So he literally put the subject line, where I want to be, by Donnell Jones, and then he typed out this long email. Some of the verses, what? some of like some of the verses and from the song he had uh-huh. in this email. Oh, in so this he email, just really had this all planned out. He had already. it all planned out. And so <laughs> I was like distraught. And I probably couldn't eat or sleep. And it may sound weird, but I probably couldn't eat or sleep for almost six months. Really? Yeah, I just went downhill. So how did you get through it? Did you have a support system? I really anything? like I really didn't have a support system. I mean, I told my friends, my college friends, and you know, they were just like, you know, you you're gonna be okay. They encouraged me, but I thought I was gonna die. <laughs> it was just like he was my everything. Yeah. You know, we were like thick and you know, thick as thieves and always together. And yeah, I was just like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. But and it it was so bad that my one of my really, really, really close friends in college, we actually roomed in the same um, dorm room and we got an apartment together mm-hmm. before we graduated. She was getting married and I didn't even go to her wedding because I was depressed. Oh my God. I regret that, of course, now. Yeah. And I don't have too many regrets, but that is one that I did regret is because when she needed me, I was so down and out and stuck on this dude yeah. <laughs> that I wasn't there for her. And it was just sad. It was really sad. Wow. I, did she understand, though? She did. She, she understood, but I know it still hurt her. Yeah. It still hurt her. Yeah, because it was um, important to exactly. her, too. And, and then you looking back, you're like, that was so selfish of me. You know, this mm-hmm. man, you know, he wasn't even worth it. You know? Yeah. Like, we, all, <laughs> we all live and we learn. Yeah. You know, thing, you didn't do it intentionally. No, right. You know? Yeah. So but, that, um, that's the good thing about it. Exactly. So, yeah. So then um, after college, you know, I kind of just really didn't want to be bothered you know I didn't want to date because I was mm-hmm. like still trying to get over him I would probably you know like go on like small little dates on and off but nothing really serious mm-hmm. um I would say probably maybe a couple years after that I met a guy we got engaged we you know dated for a little while we got engaged or whatever and mm-hmm. then that didn't work out and so it was a long distance relationship oh this and that funny. yeah and that <laughs> Yes, and that didn't work out. So we kind of just split. And then time had went, some time, more time had passed. And then we got back together. So we were like on and off. On and off. Yeah, for maybe a couple years. And then actually some years had went by. And then we got back together. And then we got engaged, engaged again. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, in this engaged and getting back together, I mean, did your college boyfriend ever try to come back? We we tried to kind of work it out, but then he went through like a terrible, um, a, a terrible experience. His his mom and like his, some family members in his family end up getting murdered. So oh, wow. when he went through that, we kind of just we went our separate away. ways. Yeah, and we never really tried to rekindle anything after that. Um, but so my on and off boyfriend, long mm-hmm. distance relationship, we ended up getting married. Oh, wow. So we got married, and you know we thought it was just. The right thing to do, you know, because we had known each other for almost 10 years, you know, on and yeah. off, even though there was like some lag time and, mm-hmm. you know, in between our second engagement. Um, but quickly, <laughs> we learned, <laughs> or I should say I learned, that um, there was a different agenda wow. on one of our parts. And yeah, and that didn't last. So, oh, God. So, how long were you married? So, I was married to my first husband for, girl, a year. Really? 
my before he got, left. My mom got married for a year before. Mm-hmm. She was like, I saw the signs early. I had to go. <laughs> yeah, he um he he left. Mm-hmm. Literally left. And I'm just in. I had moved to the state that he uh-huh. was in, and I was just there in the, in the state with no yeah, with nobody with nobody basically. And um yeah, and so you want to talk about depression all over again. Yeah, that's what I was getting ready to say. That's like Dep- a whole nother. That was a whole different type of depression because I got married for longevity forever. Yeah. You know, and never in a million years did I think I was going to be divorced in a year. Yeah, but in a 10-year span. Exactly. You're in a whole on and off relationship. Exactly. You guys know each other. Exactly. Everything should be clear. And that's what I thought. And it was not. And so, you know, he was like, you know, he he said that he shouldn't have shouldn't have gotten married and you know, he wanted to be on his own. He wanted to be single, he wanted to be by himself and I'm like, You telling me this now? You had ten years for that. <laughs> yeah, like, really? And so yeah, he ended up leave ended up leaving and um I kinda just stayed there for a little while and tried to work a little bit and then mm-hmm. I started to migrate back to Akron. Okay. Wow. Mm -hmm. So, do you have any children? I have a 13 year old stepson by my second husband. My husband now. Yeah. Okay. That is wonderful. I know it feels good, though. Oh, yeah. You know, to be married again, I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. Like I said, I didn't even want to get a divorce from the first one. Uh And so, I, I did everything, you know, they tell you to do, you know, like pray and, and fast and mm-hmm. you know um uh speak words of encouragement and speak things into existence but that man was like it don't matter what you say yeah i'm out of here and so you know i felt like you know at the time i was like okay well there's nothing i could do mm-hmm. you know if if it's not meant to be it ain't meant to be mm-hmm. so it's time to move on and so when my my husband now came into the picture, like I knew, cause I knew what I prayed for. I knew what I wanted, I knew what I prayed for. And when he came into the picture and it was everything I prayed for, I'm like, hmm, God, I know you still, you, you want what's best for me. Mm-hmm. And apparently the first marriage was a lesson, but it wasn't what was best for me. Right. And so I, I took it like that and, and now I have what's best for me. And wow. so does he. And so, you know, we're, you know, we're at a good place and we're just like, you know, he was married before too. And we're like, when he prayed, he prayed for someone like me. And when I pray, I pray for someone like him. And so we know that it was, yeah, it's like, yes, it, 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 it's just, it was meant to be. Wow. Yeah. So how did you guys meet? We met on the internet. Really? So when I went through that terrible breakup with my first husband, um, one of my sorority sisters was like, um, you need to just go to the internet. I'm like, girl, I don't have time for that. Yeah. <laughs> Not trying to go and find no crazy dude on the internet. Yes. <laughs> on the internet. That's everybody's first thought, too. <laughs> and she was just like, no, you know, that's where I met my husband. And, you know, they've been married for almost, I think, 12 or 13 years now. And she was just like, no, give it a try, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, child, look, I'm not trying to do that. So she convinced me. I ended up making a little profile. Um, and I don't even think the website is still around. They have all these new ones nowadays. But um, back then it was called um, Black Planet. Black Planet? I think. Okay, yeah. I don't know so if it's still around Black now, Planet. but it was Black Planet. And he would, I didn't, I didn't have a, um, the paid membership. I okay. just had the free one. Uh-huh. And so it was like he was sending me like all these messages, but... Uh-huh. 
I couldn't read them. I can only see like the name of his, you know, his name, his screen name, I don't know, profile name or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I would see all these messages and I'm like, why can't I read them? They was like, oh, you got to be a paid member. So I was like, well, I don't really have, you know, $30, but got the $30 together. I paid just to open up his messages. Oh, After I opened up his messages, we ended up exchanging numbers. We talked for like weeks, months, and we realized we had a lot in common. And so then I got my, actually, you know, we talked for like weeks on the phone and then I got my money back off the Black Planet because I was like, hey, I'm not keeping this for 30 days. So Uh I need my money back. And they were like, we don't do that. I'm like, I need my money back. So they finally gave my money back. And I guess you could say the rest is history because once we got off their platform, and we just started talking on the phone and started, you know, going on dates and stuff. We pretty much knew, you know, it didn't take us long to know, you know, what we were looking for and the next step that we were ready to make. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is nothing but love. <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, you just don't find love like that. Uh-uh. So for you to actually find it mm-hmm. and you guys been married eight It's years? going on eight years. Mm-hmm. Yes. That, that, that is amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. <laughs> I love that. So let's get into you getting all into becoming Miss Ohio. Yes, honey. So... It's been a long journey because even before I was married, even before my first marriage, I was modeling for like a long time in the Akron, Canton, Cleveland area. I had went out to LA and had done some things. I had went to North Carolina, had done some things and like modeling was a big passion of mine, but I felt like I really wasn't um, getting where I wanted to in modeling. And number one, um, I wasn't at the time they were saying thin enough. They were only looking oh. for really, really, really skinny girls. Okay. And Or they were saying, I wasn't tall enough. So, yeah, you can do some things, but you can't do other things because you're, you're, you're not skinny enough and you're not tall enough. Right. So, I was like, you know what? I'm going to branch over into pageants. And so, I always wanted to do pageants. Mm-hmm. There was one particular time I was watching TV when I was a little girl. And I saw Vanessa Williams. She had just won um, Miss America. And I was like oh my god like she's black or half black or she looked black you know she kind of looked like me and she was like the only one on the stage and so I'm thinking okay I want to do that but at the time you know my grandparents were like we don't have money for that kind of stuff you cannot do that kind of stuff but once you graduate you can do whatever you want to do and so you know it took some years but I eventually did my first pageant I'll never forget it was in Canton at the mall and I won. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, really? <laughs> my very first one, I was like, okay, so this might be, this might be something special here. Uh-huh. Then I did another one, child and lost. <laughs> I was like, okay, this, I don't want to do this anymore. Oh my God. No. <laughs> I'm like, okay, we're going to hang this up and take my one little, keep going. my one little tiara and I'm just going to, you know, hang it, hang it up and keep on moving. But I ended up doing a third one, and then I won that one. And so, you know, I won some and lost some. And mm-hmm. then I decided to create this website. So I created a website just to kind of talk about my journey as, you know, a black woman doing pageants and mm-hmm. how I didn't see a lot of other black women um, and, you know, how I fell out of place okay. um, on stage with all the Caucasian women because they didn't look like me. Their body types weren't like mine. Mm-hmm. And the more and more I started to kind of write this blog, so to speak, the more and more women of color started reaching out to me from all over the world saying, 
oh my gosh, I want to do a pageant. And can you tell me more? And, you know, can you give me some tips and some pointers? And before you know it, my little quote unquote blog slash mini website at the time is now doing thousands and thousands of getting wow. views and visitors a month. And now I have, I turned it into a business. That's all you're ready to say. You I done yes. created a whole I, business. Yeah, I turned it into a business. I and sure did. You're trying to be. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just like, oh, wait a minute. Exactly. Now, I'm all something. Exactly. And so, you know, through a lot of prayer, and I'm like, you know, Lord, I don't know like, where this is really going to go. You know, I'm competing, you know, I'm now starting to coach girls and give advice and tips and, and things like that. But I'm not really sure where this is going. And so he just kept saying, I need you to keep moving forward. You know, keep moving forward. Do what you do. And you you, you love helping these girls. Mm -hmm. And so I kept moving forward. And, you know, I kept competing and still coaching and training girls and won some, you know, lost some. And the thing about pageantry is you have to prepare yourself on how to lose. Yeah. Because losing can be big. I was going to ask you that. <laughs> like, you know, just how you feel. Oh, and yeah. Then sometimes, you know, you want to analyze, like, what did I do wrong? Exactly. What can I do better? Exactly. And what mistakes I made. And then it's like, I know I won that. Mm, exactly. <laughs> but how did they win but how that? how did they win so that? So I know you done went through so many emotions. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of emotions. Um, and people always say, you know, how did you have, how did you go from, like, you know, having such low self-esteem as a child to then putting yourself in a place of more low self-esteem? Yeah. You know, being open to more criticism. And it, it's hard for me to even answer that. It, I always knew, you know, that I was in search of something and I always knew that God had a plan for me and I always knew that I was going to be successful. I just didn't know in what area or how but God prepared you he to did. deal with low self-esteem at a young age. At a young age, he did. And you brought it to your adulthood. Exactly. And it's like blossoming. Exactly. It's to like, a point you know how to handle it. Exactly. And it kind of just turned around. And so now my tagline is always, you know, um, low self-esteem to beauty queen. And so, I, you know, I say that everywhere I go because I, I have very low self-esteem. And to now be a beauty queen is just, it's amazing. And I know it was all God. I know his, it was his purpose. It was a plan. And now when I coach, I can now prepare girls, you know, this is how you lose. This is how you carry yourself when you lose, you know. Mm -hmm. You don't have a crazy, you know, look on your face when they announce the winner and it's not you. Mm -hmm. Because people see that, you mm -hmm. know. You have to still hold yourself to high standards. Yes. You have to still smile. Yes. You have to still know that you're a winner even though you didn't get the crown today. Mm -hmm. And so dealing with all of that, and I lost a lot. And so... um you know, not being able to get the crown so many times, it was hurtful. And so it's like, you know, do I need to lose weight? You know, do I, do I, you know, need to change my hair? Do I need to wear more makeup? And so I'm criticizing myself in the process. Mm -hmm. People don't see that part. Right. And, um, you know, and people are like, no, you don't need to do any of those things. Just be you. Just continue to be you. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Just continue to be me. There is some conformity. You know, and I always prepare girls for there is a little bit of conformity that you will have to go through. Depending on the pageant mm -hmm. that you compete in, you will have to maybe change a little bit of stuff. Have you ever fell into depression? I have, early while on. going through it. And I sure did. Wanting to give up. I sure did. And everything. How did you get through that? How did you pray your way out of those? I think the biggest thing for me is early on when I, I think one time I had lost like three in a row. And I was like, okay, this, I don't know. Maybe this really is not for me. And how do I coach girls as a loser? 
So that was big for me. You know, I'm like, how do I continue to say, you know, do this, do this? And they're looking at me and they're like, but you're losing, you know? Mm -hmm. So that is when I really started, I think, to get depressed, you know, and get a little down on myself because now I feel like I'm not helping them. You know, I feel like that, you know, I'm a loser. So now they're going to be losers too. But actually it was the opposite. I was losing, but I was still coaching them and they were winning. But you're coaching them (laughs) your mistakes. Exactly. That was key. So I was telling them what not to do. Mm-hmm. These are the things that looking back at my video, you know, some tweaks that I could make myself and I let them watch my video. These are some of the things that now you can do or mm-hmm. not do to have better chances of winning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, along that way, too, not only you helping those girls and coaching them through, you helping yourself. That's right. To ex- enhance that's exactly right everything that you can do and i think a lot of people don't understand that Mm -hmm. because they look for so much perfection that's very true when you see here where you're giving back to the community of other young ladies young men yep other women and everything Mm -hmm. along your paths you recognize who you are very true by seeing a reflection in other people and just going along and that's exactly yep that's that's so you hit that you hit that on the head because as i was coaching these girls now i'm starting to feel empowered yeah you know i'm like i'm empowering not only them but myself yes and it was a part of my healing Mm -hmm. so while i'm down and depressed because i'm losing or at least i thought I was losing I'm really winning but mm-hmm. I just wasn't seeing it because what I did and what I tell girls not to do now is don't attach your winnings to the crown and sash mm-hmm. your winnings is not about the crown and sash your winnings is did you do the best that you could absolutely do on that day in front of the judges whether it's walking if it's in the interview process you know speaking on stage um, if it's swimsuit did you do your absolute best did you give it your all if you did those things then you won mm-hmm. you won and if you're you know brave enough and big enough and confident enough to get back on that stage again mm-hmm. and compete a second time in the same pageant that you just lost in that says a lot about you yes so I'm coaching them I'm healing myself through the process yeah. and it was beautiful and while you're healing yourself also you're creating a lot of humbleness exactly and you know how to treat people exactly you know how to communicate with them that's right and everything and you just I don't know. It's like you could walk a path of happiness. It, 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 that's so true. Is in in growing up being adopted. It's like you know, I've been at the bottom. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and, and and we didn't have a lot of money. We were on welfare, so I've been the, at the bottom. You know, and then even in pageantries, again, I've been at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And so now to you know, thank God to see some success and to have a little success. I'm like, God, you're amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's like. The, you know, if you take the crown and sash, you know, I'm still at peace. Mm-hmm. I'm still happy because you brought me on this journey that is not only for me, but it's, on, it's for the community. Yes. It's, for the, it's a journey for the community. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and another good thing, you're a Delta. I am. <laughs> you know, so you got sisters of a support system I do. as well. I do. That can help you That's along true. the way too. And support system is so important. It, it really is. It it's definitely so important. is. And, and then how your upbringing was being adopted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just you felt that void and that emptiness exactly. so much. And then going through your boyfriend. Right. Your husband. <laughs> exactly. It's like so many paths created you to who the woman you are It really today. did. It really did. And you know, I always I always reflect back you know I always you look back to. and I say what you know when I'm speaking to young girls now I say okay she's me 
you know, I see me in her or her in me. And I say, okay, what would I tell my seven-year-old self? Mm -hmm. What would I tell my nine-year-old self, my 12-year-old self or 15? Because they need to hear, you know, that you went through some struggles. It was not easy. (laughs) You know, they just see the crown and sash now. And they're like, oh my gosh, I want that. Well, okay, let me tell you a story Uh (laughs) Uh of how I got here. And I had to fight my way here. And even for the next level, you know, that I'm going to be competing in, it doesn't stop. You know, I still have to, you know, prepare myself. I Mm -hmm. can't just say, oh, I got the state title. Mm -hmm. You know, I can chill and relax. Exactly. No. (laughs) For the next level, there's more girls. There's more competition. There's beautiful women. They're, you know, successful. So it just is now time to level up, as they say, and prepare yourself for the next level. So do you have to... How about the portion of do you have to eat careful? So you're supposed to, to, you know, (laughs) different things like that. Because, you know, a lot of girls like, I think today with us having social media, Mm -hmm. it's like, wow, I want my body just like Mm -hmm. hers. Or she is really Mm -hmm. goals. You know, everybody Mm -hmm. like goals, this goes that. Exactly. So how do you keep yourself together to a point you want to get yourself, your mindset to a point you won't feel like you're, going to be anorexia exactly a lot of women in that industry Mm -hmm. they they will go into that phase they really do and it's really sad and i think the thing that you said is the key to this whole journey of pageantry is mindset Mm -hmm. if your mind is not right in order to compete in a competition like this then i don't think you know and i always when i work with girls we always talk about mindset Mm -hmm. to begin with because your mind you have to be trained mentally in yes. order to compete in in an industry like this or even play a sport mm-hmm. period this is like a sport because you're training yourself you're training yes. your mind you're training your body you know you're training your daily thoughts daily habits mm-hmm. um and so the thing i love about um united states of america's pageant which is the one the organization i'm in is they love all body sizes all shapes all curves they love all colors they love all color hair they don't have a big stigma like some of the other organizations do Mm -hmm. so and then if you if you if you go to their website and you look at their past queens you will see all different body sizes Which is great because you don't have to be thin and skinny or, you know, 80 pounds or 90 pounds. You can Mm -hmm. be curvy. Um, You can be what they call, uh, I think the new word is what, thick, slim thick or or you can be a little thicker. You can be plus. Whatever you call yourself is what you can be. The thing I always tell women and young girls is that be the person that you want to be on stage. If you don't like the way you look, okay, then, you know, whatever you need to do for yourself Mm-hmm. do that if you think you look just fine okay then go compete mm-hmm. and i always tell women just be true to who you are yeah. don't try to be you know you don't have to walk like me mm-hmm. you don't have to you know wear the same size clothes that i wear no represent just the way you are yes now i can help you fine tune and tweak the other things mm-hmm. but be you yes Definitely got to be you. Because there's only one you. I know. And, like, people don't understand that. There's only that. one you. And you don't need the um, comparison. No, you don't. Either. So, how how do you stay in your lane to a point where you're not comparing yourself to other women that you are competing against? So, you definitely want to love yourself first. I mean, that's first and foremost. Mm-hmm. If you don't love who you are when you look in the mirror, and believe me, there was a time where I didn't. I did not love who I was. 
Um, and that was pre-pageants. I just didn't love me just because mm-hmm. of the circumstances I grew up in. But you definitely have to love yourself first. Love your hair. Yes. You know, love your one dimple if it's just one or no dimples. Don't, don't, you know, if it's your eye, you got to love everything about yourself. Yes. And, and I think, too, for me, it was how does God see me? Mm-hmm. If God loves me the way I am, then why can't I love me the way I am? <laughs> so it's like once you see yourself how he sees you and love yourself how he loves you, that's a game changer for me. It is. And so you just got to, you know, you just have to realize, like, there's only one of me. I don't need a clone. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't give me a twin for a reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even she's not a clone. Even if you have a twin, you're yes. not clones. Yes. They still have their own DNA. They still have their own personality. Mm -hmm. So when you think about it like that, I'm going on stage to represent me, my husband, my family. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going on stage to represent somebody else's family. Then that's Mm -hmm. when you know, okay, if I'm just going on stage to represent me, I can't look at her and see what she's doing. I always get this question on, um, well, did you look at such and such to see how they walked? Or did you look at such and such to see how they wore their Mm -hmm. hair? No, I didn't. Or, you uh-huh. know, or did you see somebody trip or fall? No, I didn't because yeah, I'm trying to focus don't have on, time to. don't have time. I'm trying to focus on what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have time to. And I think that's where um, a lot of people have difficulties mm-hmm. at is not focusing on themselves. They're focusing on other people. Yes. Worry mm-hmm. about you. Worry about you. And then, you know, <laughs> carrying on other things, what people have mm-hmm. going on and what they're doing. It has nothing to do with you. That's so true. And I say there is an audience for everybody. Mm -hmm. Everybody has their own audience. Mm -hmm. My audience is not your audience. Mm -hmm. You know, some some young ladies may be able to relate to me. Some may not be able to relate to me, but they can relate to you. Mm -hmm. So I need you to be you. Because you are going to pull a different type of audience that I can't get to. Yes. And so that's why it's so important. Not all. And I'm I'm so happy that you have that mindset. Y'all, if y'all see her, she looks so beautiful oh, right you. now. <laughs> thank I'm you. telling you, and her spirit is like so amazing. <laughs> and it's so hard to come across women like you that's just so pleasant. And just a peaceful spirit. And, and I thank you for that. And, you, you know, this was a long time to, to get to the woman that I am today. Because Mm -hmm. of being hurt and, you know, having trust issues, you know, being left, you know, multiple times. Mm -hmm. And so um, I was mad at the world and God for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, at one point I thought that God had turned his back on me. Mm-hmm. And so I had went down this path like, okay, he turned his back on me, so I'm going to turn my back on him. Yeah. I'm just going to do my own thing. Yeah, we, we get to that point. <laughs> we get upset with him. Mm-hmm. Now, let's go back. You had mentioned basically how you've been left, right? Mm-hmm. So, look, that is a straight pattern, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so it's a pattern because you were adopted. Mm-hmm. Your mother left you. Mm-hmm. Your father left you. Mm-hmm. Your boyfriend left mm-hmm. you. Your fiance, husband, you know, everyone left you. Mm-hmm. So did you ever become to a point like, is it something wrong with me? Is it something I'm doing wrong? I did. What's wrong with me? I did. And I will always point the finger at myself. You know, I will always blame myself. 
And that was a that was you know shame on me, but I didn't know any better. You know, mm-hmm. I I didn't know how to not blame myself. So through all of that, those experiences of being left behind, I guess you can call it, mm-hmm. I always thought it was me. You know, I was doing something wrong. It was something I said, or it was the way I looked, mm-hmm. um, or it was the way I thought, or it was the way I carried myself. But mm-hmm. you know, having when my when my first husband walked out. I had, even though I turned my back on God, I had one of the realest conversations with the Lord. I oh, mean, wow. real. Like, I'm on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, me, him, and the dog. <laughs> I, had, uh-huh. I had a dog. And so, and I'm like basically yelling and screaming at the Lord, you know, why did you, why do you keep doing this to me? Those uh-huh. were my questions to him. You know, why do you keep letting people walk out on me? The one thing God told me, and I even had a dream about it that same night. He said, but I'm still here. Listen. I didn't walk out on you. And when I heard that so clear, I was like, that's all I need. Aww. He all I need. Mm-hmm. You know, this was me and him on this journey. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. And so, and then the dream he gave me that night, it was about, it was the bride. Mm-hmm. It was about the bride, the church. Mm-hmm. It was just so vivid, so beautiful, and he reminded me that I'm his queen, I'm his everything, and that all I need to do is follow him, mm-hmm. and he will bring everything else. All I got to do is follow the word, follow the word. Just follow the word and he'll yes. add things. But you know, he add things and throw them at you, but a lot of people don't know the word you see the word every day mm-hmm. when you're walking mm-hmm. it. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. You see it every day. Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why you're so blessed. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. literally, you're so blessed. But at the same time, during your blessings, we all have storms. Yes, we do. And a lot of people, they don't understand that mm-hmm. sometimes it's because of the storms they go through mm-hmm. and then they see us at our happy moment. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, like, how is she doing it? She's doing it. She's doing this. Right. Doing that. But everyone has storms. Yes, we do. And that's another reason why I created this Life Her podcast because women need to know, especially a woman like you. Mm-hmm. You've been through some things. Yeah, and and you know, people, even people now, you know, they ask me even when I'm out like speaking and stuff. They'll say, you know, um, and they'll they'll whisper and they'll say, women, not the kids, but. I get some crazy questions from the kids, but the women usually say, you know, do you still struggle with low self-esteem? And they'll whisper it to me. And I'll say, you don't have to whisper, you know, okay. you, we, we can speak openly. I'm here to speak openly, you know, and freely. Mm-hmm. And, um, there are some days where I will wake up and I'll look in the mirror and yes, I still love myself. And I say, you know, my mantras and I say, you know, all of my, um, my, the things I go down on my list, I love me, you know, I'm beautiful, I'm wonderful, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm his and I'm loved by him. And I'll go through those things and I'll say those, um, those affirmations. Mm-hmm. But there's sometimes I'll look in the mirror and I'll say, you know what? I'm not really feeling you today, Cynthia. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what? I'm just going to take today uh-huh. and I'm just going to chill. And take today to myself. <laughs> no social media. That's good. <laughs> no crown and sash. And you know what? I'm just gonna have a moment to myself with him, with with God. You know, with mm-hmm. the with the Lord. It's that cleanse. You, you need it. 
cleanse. You, 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 everybody needs Spiritual it. Cleanse. Everybody needs it, it. It rejuvenates you. Yes, it does. It's like it, <laughs> and that cleanse could be at peace. Yes. It can be a cleanse of you just break down and just cry it exactly. out. Exactly. And I've done like, that. I'm about to go in this corner. <laughs> I've done that. And cry. Y'all just leave me alone. Just leave me alone. Let me be. Yes. I'm going to be cool. Girl, I'm come, I, I walked into meetings at work, you know, had just come from the bathroom when I just had a broke, breakdown moment and I'll come into that meeting and, you know, they'll look at me like, because my eyes would be glassy and red. Uh-huh. And they're like, are you okay? Call me queen. Like, are you okay, queen? And I'm like, I'm fine. I just had a moment. But I'm here. Let's get this meeting started. Everybody needs. Yes, it does sometimes. <laughs> and some, yeah, and sometimes you know it. That it you do. know, and, and corporate America, they really looking at yeah, me like, what's like, really okay, going on? What's wrong with you? But look, this is what I'm doing right now. This is how I'm getting through this. That's this right. is how I overcome. That's right. To just keep it moving and That's keep right. it going. But you know, and I think the kids they can appreciate because you know I'm still down to earth, and I tell yes, them you I'm. Are. I, I try to be so authentic with them and I, I try to get naked in front of them and I try to take off well not literally but I know take off the crown well, you know yeah take that. off the crown and sash and say hey there are some days that I still need to take time for myself because I'm just not feeling myself that day mm-hmm. you're not going to feel yourself every day yeah you're not going to be on a hundred every day and I mm-hmm. think people need to know that yes we may you know you see the success but we're not at a hundred every day. No, <laughs> we want to no. be, <laughs> but sometimes it just no. doesn't work out that way. <laughs> no, it, it, it doesn't. But but you you making it happen, and it, it is so amazing that you're such a beautiful woman. Thank you. Like literally inside and out. Thank you. A lot of people need to know that. <laughs> so how can everyone get in touch with you? So, people can, of course, reach out to me um, on Messenger on Facebook, Cynthia Bowers Martin on Facebook, and my website, CynthiaBowersMartin.com. Um, you can even email me, again, CynthiaBowersMartin at Yahoo.com. Uh, um, you can also check out, I have a, a public profile page for um, United States of America's Mrs. Ohio. So, if you were to go to Facebook and type in USOA, Mrs. Ohio, then you'll see that public profile page, that public figure page come right on up. Wonderful. (laughs) So do you do events, speaking engagements? I do. Yeah, I do. So right now I am on a journey. So over the next, I would say 30 days, I'm on a journey to talk to at least a thousand kids. I'm actually traveling around the state of Ohio to talk to uplift, encourage and empower a thousand kids just with with my story of low Mm self-esteem. Um, and right now we have Cincinnati um, booked, let's see, Columbus, Dayton, um, Toledo, Youngstown, African, and Cleveland. Okay. And so, yeah, I'm going to get to these 1,000 kids. Yes. <laughs> and I need it. Yes. And wait till those little girls see you. They're like, oh, my God. <laughs> Oh yes. I had the one little girl in one school. She ran she was in line and her teacher was like, you know, stay in line, everybody. Well, she seen me walking through the hall. She ran out the line and was like, I told everybody that princesses are real. I told them. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my heart just melted. Aww. 
I wanted to cry. It was so cute. And so, um, yeah, if you want me to come to your school or if you want me to um, speak at your women's conference or your um, your young girls conference or an event, please, yeah, contact me. Let me know. I'm, yes. I'm definitely all for it. Yes. <laughs> Y'all need to get in contact with her. So you could just, you know, just learn about a lot of things. What about if they're interested on becoming being a part of a pageant yeah so if you're if you're interested in um being a part of the organization that i'm with you can check out www.unitedstatesofamericaspageants.com so that is their official website for this organization and um you can go on there you can fill out the form or you can go to um there's an ohio website too and i believe it's uh www.miss usoa ohio.com but i can definitely get that to you in writing um because i don't want to mess up the um the website but there's so many ways for Mm -hmm. women and i and i always encourage women of color you know to participate in pageantry even if you don't want to do the pageant that i'm in Mm -hmm. there are so many you know pageant organizations out there and if you're not really sure you know where to get started um you know you have questions just contact me you know, ask ask away. You know, I help. I'll help you. Do yeah. you do trainings or I do coach. Just, yeah. You know, just on a side to the point. I do. You can get other young girls together, or just a woman when she's going on a date. She want to know how to sit. I yeah, etiquette. I do. I, I, I absolutely do. Yeah. I'm, um, if you need any kind of coaching for etiquette, you know, um, if you have you want a girls training or if you need one on one help, yeah, contact me. Let me know, and we can talk about you know what you're what you're looking for, and we can set something up. Yes, that <laughs> is wonderful. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you so much. I really, you so just really like her. <laughs> Like her, yes. Yes. Life her. (laughs) So thank you everyone for tuning in to Life Her Podcast where we help heal women all over the world. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, Life Her Podcast, and also go on to our website, lifeherpodcast.com to listen to other podcast episodes and purchase Life Her merchandise. I am Yvette Lloyd and I am Life Her. Love yourself, ladies. Thank you.